certainty of death, small chance of success. What are we waiting for? Hello and welcome to episode 280 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Now on today's episode, I'm joined by an absolute legend, an actor that I believe is in some of the best franchises of all time. You may know him from Indiana Jones, you may know him from Lord of the Rings. He is an absolute legend, so I'm thrilled to announce that on today's episode, I'm joined by John Reese davis How I want to start things on today's episode is to give you a little background about this interview. It was all scheduled to discuss his brand new film which is called The Gates. It's available on digital from literally the 3rd of July by 101 Films. We had a scheduled interview, we were going to discuss it in great detail, but this interview was one of those ones that even if you plan and want to discuss Indiana Jones, Lord of the Rings, his acting career, it just went in a direction that I was never ready for. John is an amazing actor, an absolute legend and can talk for Britain. He's a lovely guy, but we didn't even discuss what we actually scheduled the interview for. It's a really random interview that goes all in different directions, but I'm absolutely thrilled with how it turned out. It's crazy, it's nothing like I imagined, but hey, that's the fun of Mark and me and also being an interviewer and never knowing what's going to come. But just before I hit that play button and let you guys listen, I do want to touch base and talk about my last episode. It was very special. It was the Vice Press Open House special with interviews with Sam Gilby, Dolly and the amazing Bella Grace. This interview absolutely blew up. Thanks again to the amazing guys at Vice Press who allowed me to go to this event in Sheffield and record some incredible interviews and have one of the best days of the year. Also, it's been a huge, huge episode for Mark and me in terms of downloads. One of my most downloaded episodes ever and it did hit the number one spot on the interview podcast chart so I couldn't be more happier. But today it's all about John Reese davis and just before you hear it, I do want to give a big shout out to the sponsor of the podcast, Richer Sounds. They are the best guys out there in home entertainment. If you're looking for a brand new stereo, Sonos, turntable, TV, go to richersounds.com. Without the sponsorship for this podcast via Richer Sounds, it wouldn't be where it is today. So a massive thanks to those guys. And again, please go and check them out. Right, this interview is crazy. I can't prepare you in any way because it just goes completely away from any subject that I prepared for, but let's get to it. So here's me and John Reese davis talking all things, well, all things random. First of all, thank you so much for joining me on the Mark and Me podcast. You're most welcome. What I like to do with every guest that's been on, I've nearly recorded 280 episodes now, um is ask the guest where it all started. So when you were growing up as a child, can you remember that first film that maybe you watched with your family or friends that made you fall in love with cinema? When Worlds Collide. Oh, nice. Uh, it was about 1952. I was in Africa 
And my heart was broken because I could not get to, uh, my daddy promised me to take me to see this science fiction film, When Worlds Collide. It was about the time that Eagle Comics had just come out and there was the Mekon and Dan Dare, pilot of the future. And this particular day in 1952, we were going to go to the cinema and my father came home and said, we can't go to the cinema. And I said, why? And he said, because the king has died. And I said, well, why can't I go to the cinema? He said, because everything is closed down out of respect for the king. So it was a day or two later before I finally went to see uh, When Worlds Collide. And do you remember that kind of experience in the cinema, being taken to a place that nothing else can really do, that, you know, transforms you into this world of just colour and sound and vision? Oh, yes. But I'm not sure that When Worlds Collide wasn't a black and white now that I... (laughs) See, this is when I'm showing my age that I'm not that old, because when I was a kid, my first films were stuff like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. So it was a different world. No, yes. I mean, um, and we... You know, uh, I'm sure for your generation as well. You know, do you know that wonderful Yeats poem that girls at puberty may find the first Adam of their dreams? You know, the first Eve of our dreams generally really was in the cinema. You know, we saw that wonderful looking, that wonderful little girl in Blue Lagoon and uh, uh, and and we fell in love with her. Um, we saw Grace Kelly. Oh, who could not fall in love with Grace Kelly? Um, and later on, we fall in love with Jean Moreau and uh, Benouche. Uh, you know, it's. Yeah, you know, a a film is a public dream, isn't it, really? That's a beautiful way to put it. Yeah, and and it, 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 it captures us and brings us into that world and brings that world into us, and it opens up our own imaginations in the way that that books do. Yeah. So did you ever believe when you were sitting there as a child that you'd ever get to make these films that have then touched other people and made them feel these emotions and these incredible moments in cinema? Because it must be really strange to look back and know that you've had that effect on the films that you've worked on. Did I personally believe that the first play that I ever saw convinced me that I had to be a great writer, a great playwright. The acting well, the acting came because I was sent back from Africa to be educated in England, and I was a lonely, homesick, feral boy. Feral. Nice choice of words. Oh, I didn't. I, I didn't know how to play with people because I hadn't had many people to play with. Um, I couldn't couldn't find any reason why I couldn't bring a gun to school. I mean... <laughs> 
you know, why not? I mean, in Africa, I had my first rifle when I was eight. Um, I shot my first, I think I, th I, I, I shot my first guinea fowl when I was five or six. Wow. I shot my first buffalo when I was 11. Um, I even, and I'm filled with horror at it now, how we change. But, you know, I really wanted, I really wanted to go out in the bush and shoot an elephant. I would no more dream of shooting an elephant these days. I, you know, I, I've made personal friends with elephants since then. But you ask the five-year-old me, and I would say the brain shot is on the left-hand side, and you draw a, a line there between there and the ear, and that's where the bow, the thing, that's where the kill shot is. Um, it was a different world. Very much so. Um, did I believe that I was going to be in a filmmaker? No. At six, eight, ten, nuclear, nuclear science, I was going to be a scientist. Then at the age of 11 at school, I saw um, Sophocles' Oedipus Rex, and it changed my life. I knew I was going to be a great tragedian, and that now you would be talking to me about the great plays that I had written. Um, I went and read English at university, a bad choice, really. I went to university far too young. I was not mature enough. And yet, if I hadn't gone, would I have gone? Um, I, where I was always intending to be a stage actor. I mean, the film is, well, you know, not really important, is it? Stage acting is a thing. And I, and I, I was a stage actor for my first 13 years, very largely, with a bit of television, things like you won't have heard of, like The Naked Civil Servant and I, Claudius, and Budgie, um, or played, or played uh, Laughing Spamfrey. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, Budge, if you don't smarten up, you're going to need all your trousers shortened. You know what I mean? Um, uh, yeah, great fun. Um, but, um, but the impact that you have on your audience, I think, came a lot later. And I think, I think the truth of the matter is that that the audience, I've always believed that you respect the audience. That, th th that was so evident to me right from the time that I began. You know, you look after your audience. The first courtesy of the theater is audibility. Um, but I did not realize quite what the audience gives you, I think, until I really went to a fan convention. I 20-odd years ago, probably 22, well, 
probably 24 years ago, I had to go to a fan convention to promote something that I was doing. And I was going, oh, what the hell am I doing this for? I mean, fan convention, seeing all these people dressed up like Patrick Stewart and, <laughs> and you know, and um, queues everywhere. Yeah, and queues everywhere. I mean, why am I doing Why can't these people get a life? And I went and I talked and I even started listening. And slowly it dawned on me that they do have a life. And some of those lives are hugely rich. And what has happened over the years, it has made me realize how much as a young man, I really didn't like people. And as an old man, I like people more and more and more to the point at which I would say that I start to love people more and more and more. Mm. Fan conventions have changed me, and I love meeting them. They, they, they give me so much. Uh, I meet amazing people. I meet really amazing people in the sense that some of them really are rocket scientists. <laughs> and really are archaeologists or astronomers or physicists or, or, or presidents or prime ministers. Wow. Um, but I also meet them because they have, they have struggled through depression, through terminal illness of their you know, friends, fathers, mothers, and, and I've heard so many people with tears in their eyes say how much watching Lord of the Rings or watching Raiders of the Lost Ark have meant to their relationships with, with people who they've had difficult relationships with their father, how they've managed to bond over Indiana Jones. If they've had dying parents, how watching Lord of the Rings, you know, with each other has, has made to, to them. Um, of course, I knew about the emotional impact on me of watching great and moving films. I never until relatively recently, realized how much it means to all of us. That's probably the most pathetic statement you'll ever hear a man make, because it is so evident. But you know, you can go through your life without the evident really occurring to you. And I'm still a work in progress, I hope. Um, but people, people are our hope. People are also monsters. And I'm appalled. I'm appalled by what we hear and read and see. 
And yet you look at the, the, the things that we have. We have democracy. No matter what the outcome of the American election or the British election is, as long as we respect the democratic process and do not vitiate or damage the democratic process, I will accept any result. I am absolutely sure that democracy at this point in time is the saving grace of humanity and liberty. Will I be able to say this in as little as 12 months time? Democracy depends on, on an electorate that is informed, that shares common information and has the ability to tolerate dissent. Let's put aside the tolerate other people's opinions past for a second. Common information, you know, artificial intelligence is going to enable people to pervert knowledge beyond anything that we've ever had to deal with before. What is real may be fake. And if I believe that everything I'm seeing or hearing may be fake, then I am inclined to believe what I believe is the only right way. And if you don't believe it, you're a fool, and I can discard your opinion. And we've lost democracy. How do we get around this? Well, I think we start by taking education more seriously. If you want good leaders, if you want good policemen, if you make them, start from the schools. Start simply saying, some of you will have to be wise and will have to lead us. You must be virtuous. And, and let us work out what, what we think virtue is. Virtue is the ability to make true judgments. I love that, and I try to live by that wonderful maxim, that little aphorism that T.S. Eliot throws off, that we, that that we humans engage, quote, in the common pursuit of true judgment. Oh, so simple, so simple. And yet, oh, dear Lord, how can I make sure that my assessment of, of, of the things in my life are true? And it's, and, and, each grain of information should, should help me refine that judgment. And yet each grain of information may be false now or may be becoming falsified. If we want better leadership, then we have to start 
thinking about what are the qualities we require and and teaching our children to have those qualities. The other thing is we must be prepared to start paying our leaders better. I could not stand for parliament here in Britain. I couldn't afford to. You know, I'm going to have to find somewhere between 30 and 50,000 a year after tax to pay for my 17-year-old daughter to go to university here because she was raised and brought up in New Zealand. I've got another son who is who dropped out of university in his 20s and is now in his 50s doing maths at the University of the Waikato. I live on the Isle of Man. I have a lovely little house there, but even if I sold it, I'd be hard-pressed to find anything comparable. How do I, how do I teach my daughter that one day she should get on the property ladder? You know, I bought my first house for £2,600 using the £3,000 that my wife had inherited uh, back in 1966, 67, you know. We're so income. far away, aren't we, from those days now? Yeah, I bought a house in London. We, we sold that one. We actually sold it for £10,700, but we bought another house for 8500 in East Finchley, in the county's roads. You should have kept that now. Oh. <laughs> I, would, I would think that it's at least a hundred times more valuable. And I can tell you what, my income was certainly, hmm, has it though? In those days, I was earning £12 a week. No, I'm not earning £1.2 million a week, a year. Well, I'm... it'd be a week. It'd be a week, wouldn't it? 100 times £12 would be 1000 Am I earning 1200 a week? Is that right? 1200 Yeah. 52 weeks of the year, 500, is that 500,000 or 50,000? Oh, maybe, gosh. I've not had a coffee today and it's too early to try and I know, I know, without I know. a calculator, but... Uh... But I know the average person's, you know, the average person's... In 1967, 68, you could buy a house in each Sfinchley for between 7,000 would be between five thousand and 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 ten thousand. You could buy, you could buy a house in Bishop's Avenue for ten thousand five hundred because I couldn't possibly have raised that money, um, and I bet you can't buy a house in Bishop's Avenue now for under ten million or twelve million. Madness. And that would be at the cheap end. Um, I, I was going to talk to you about so many more topics today and i didn't plan for it to go this way and talk politics and everything else in the world and ai and the way the world's going but um i feel anyway, like I could, I could talk to you for let's, hours let's, let's let's try and get back to the gates um 
Isn't that what we're meant to be talking about? We're of talking... course. I'm very interested in the return of Indiana Jones for you. But oh, the, of course you are, yes. But the, but the Gates is the reason we're talking. Indiana Jones, well, yes. Couldn't not have been in the last one, if it is the last one. I am so excited to see it. I really am. Everyone's now starting to post reviews, and I'm like, I just want to see it now. I'm so impatient. I, I haven't seen that many reviews. I've seen it. I don't want to talk about my response to it because... Because I need to see it again just to, just to check on... I saw things that other people didn't see uh, in talking to those, you know, who were at the premiere. I actually yeah. can premiere. I was working actually the day before. Well, I was working the day it came out, um, but I saw it in 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 um, in LA last week, and I'm going to see the English premiere on uh, <laughs> the 26th. Um, Do you, want to, do you want to take me as your plus one? That'd be a good way for me to see it earlier. Plus one? What's plus one? Well, you'll get a plus one. You'll be allowed to go to the premiere and take someone with you. Oh, so I see, I see, yes. Take me. I could take you, couldn't I? I know Mads Mickelson. He's been on the podcast, so you never know. He might be like, oh, it's Mark. He's welcome. Yeah. Well, I, and there are one or two other... I mean, I've got a son in Germany, and he's got a daughter and a wife. And I understand. I won't be offended. Oh, don't don't have your heart broken, please. <laughs> um, there are always people to whom you are bound. I mean, I had eight tickets. Ooh, somebody is texting me. One moment. Probably asking oh. for a ticket. Probably asking for a ticket. Oh. <laughs> no, it is my wife and daughter looking up for us, looking up at us on a, on a boat. Um, and they've got London Bridge in the background. I don't know whether. You oh wow! So they're literally so they, down they're looking, throughout the window. Yes, they are. They're, they're probably one of the boats that has just gone past. Um, well, they're having daughter, a good day then. My daughter's here inspecting universities. Oh, dear me! Oh well. Tell, tell us to go to the Midlands or somewhere where it's a lot cheaper. That's where they are down there. Uh, to the Midlands. Yeah, I went to Leicester University and it's a lot cheaper than London. Yes, it is. I went to U the University of East Anglia, where I'm sure they would welcome her back, A, because oh, she's one of those snotty A students anyway, you know. The, <laughs> Daddy, don't worry about these exams, because even if I fail all of them, which I won't, I'll still get merit plus. Why? Because I need 50 excellences in my coursework. I've got 103. Oh, wow. I hate that, don't you? Yeah, I'm the guy that's revising every day, even on the bus on the way to the exam, and I still fluff it up. Do you know, I realize... My daughter said to me, Daddy, I want to go to Cambridge and read law. I said, why law? And she said, because I want to be rich. And I said, that may be your first mistake. Um, but why Cambridge? And she said, because I read that you failed to get into Cambridge because you were drunk at the interview. What a little 
<laughs> right, but being drunk at the interview. Why was I drunk at the interview? Because I was an immature teenager. But was there something more, more fundamental there? Looking back, did I sense that my my last school my last school report said he has ability and ideas, even genius on occasions. But whether he will apply himself, of course I had ideas, of course I had ability. But did I really, perhaps it was that I feared that I wasn't really bright enough to be first class. And of course, when you're a silly little adolescent, being less than first class was, meant that life would be a failure. I am embarrassed by my immaturity. These days, I am intellectually confident. I'm hugely well-read. I have traveled the world. I have known people. And I am overjoyed when I'm in the company of people who are brighter and more intelligent than me. I feel no fear. I just celebrate their their humanity, their their wisdom, and the glory of the imagination and the mind, and and that is something that life has given me. Not, and perhaps it was a little bit much to expect that at eighteen or nineteen. <laughs> Youth is wasted on the young in so many ways. Um, but I, I only come back to that because, because of, of, my, of my daughter raising that little, little snippet in my head. Why was I drunk at my interview at King's Cambridge? Perhaps I was trying to find an excuse for failing. <laughs> I love it. I'm very conscious of time. And what I do on this podcast is to every guest, and I've had Anthony Hopkins, Mads Mickelson, 270 guests, they all get the same final question. The podcast ends with a piece of music that you choose. It can be any song any score, any piece of classical music, any band, but a song that you love that makes every episode different because the guest chooses it. So as our interview today is all edited and wrapped up for the world to listen to, what song came to your heart when I asked the question before any other song that you would like to be played today? The Adio from Cosifantute, that wonderful quartet 
uh, where the girls are saying goodbye to their men who are allegedly going off to war. One of the most sublime pieces of music ever written. I love Mozart and I love classical music and a day spent without listening to great music is a day when life is impoverished. The Adieu. From, Beautiful. You know it? I study music at university. Then you know exactly what I'm Exactly. And not often people choose classical music. So thank you. And I really appreciate your time today. And I will see you at the premiere of Indiana Jones. Well, if we get a chance, <laughs> not then, if not then, um, let's, uh, if you ever get a chance of cornering me, uh, do so. Okay. Excellent. By the way, um, I spent lockdown chasing down those byways that I never knew about of music. You, of course, do. But I urge you, if you haven't, you probably know it. There's a man called Antonio Lotti, who is a Venetian. And they found a mass of his. And the only, the only version available is by Harvard. They got given the script, or they given, got given the manuscript in 1972 or 73. And their recording is the only recording of it. I urge you to listen to it. I give you my word, I will do that for you. And when our paths meet, I'll give you my feedback. Take care. Thank you so much. And good luck with the rest of the press and speak to you all soon. Bye now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So there it is. There's my interview with John Reese davis And I did warn you at the start, I was not prepared. I feel like I've been interviewing now for six or seven years. I feel like I'm always well organised, really prepped, but was never, ever ready for this interview in the way that it just went completely off topic. And I just let John talk. When I edited it, I think I've only asked three questions in a half an hour interview. But my God, it was an experience and something that I will remember for the rest of my life. A big thanks to John for coming on the podcast. You're an absolute legend and it means so much. Also, as I said at the start of today's interview, we were meant to promote and talk in great detail about his brand new film, The Gates, and it is available as you're listening to this podcast from the 3rd of July. So please go and check it out. Also, if you've enjoyed today's podcast, I do have a Twitter, Facebook and Instagram account. All the links are on markandme.com and it really helps if you're listening today and have enjoyed the episode, please share it on your social media networks. It really helps this podcast get the word out there. As you know, I'm an independent one-man team. Some people don't remember this. Some people have no idea. I go to events and they're like, can I have your um, manager's details or can I have your editor's details? And it's all me. So if you can support the podcast, share, share, share. I also have a Patreon account. The podcast costs a lot of money to host on Amazon, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and all those different directories. The way in which I can keep this podcast going is by people signing up on Patreon and basically allows me to go out there and host more podcasts for you guys at home by basically you guys can give me just one or two pounds a month and in return you get an exclusive episode called The Lost Tapes every month. You also get some exclusive badges, stickers, newsletters and I'm going to try and give you even more. But please, if you can support me, the link is on markandme.com 
or if you're an Apple podcast user, you can hit the subscribe button and there is an option on there to pay $3.99 a month and you get all the benefits as well that you would get via being a Patreon. I'll be back in only a few days time with a huge episode. I've put it on my socials this week. It's one of my favourite bands of all time and I can't wait to share it with you. So until then, please take care of yourself, look after everyone and I'll speak to you all very soon.